Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. I absolutely promise to take you into the future of now. This is so exciting. I'm doing seven weeks of crystal ball predictions this time around, and this is week six. We're going to be focusing on the power of partnerships. I have a wonderful panel of guests. We have nine of them from all over the world. It's a monumental day in the world. I won't get into politics, but it's January 20th, 2021, and the inauguration of a new administration in the U.S., and we'll just leave it at that. So here we go. I have my opening buzz. By the way, shout out to Ryan treasure the vp i call him vp of everything at voice america who does that wonderful intro for the show this is technology revolution the future of now and thank you to our engineer aaron keller at voice america now what's the buzz i have one from a famous person who was a dancer and one from a movie so if you put on your thinking caps and think about batman and robin the 1997 24 years ago? No. American superhero film based on the DC comic characters, Batman and Robin. Robin, played by Chris O'Donnell, was talking to Batman, George Clooney. Oh, my. And here's what he said. In the circus, the Flying Graysons were a team. You had to trust each person to do their jobs. That's what being partners is all about. Sometimes counting on someone else is the only way you win. Amazing that I found that quote. Just Google partners in movie scripts and you'll find it. The second quote is from Fred Astaire. Many of our listening audience may not have a clue. He was a world famous dancer and actor. He danced in movies and TV for years and years. And his quote is, for ballroom dancing, remember that your partners have their own distinctive styles also. Cultivate flexibility. Be able to adapt your style to that of your partner. In doing so, you're not surrendering your individuality, but blending it with that of your partner. So we've got partner as our keyword today. I have nine thought leaders. We're going to ask them to predict the future of the power of partnerships in business. So far, I brought you insights from, I think, 60 thought leaders around the world on an array of topics. So we're continuing it today. So I'll say to our audience, and everybody's smiling. Are you all smiling, Maggie? I need you to smile. There you go. Pour a cup of Joe, Earl, Dom. If you have some leftover Dom, it's okay. It's a morning here in the U.S., but you can drink anyway. And join us for Technology Revolution, the future of now 2021 Crystal Ball Predictions, Part 6 Live. And working together, let's just make 2021 a much better year. I'm ready to tell you who my guests are, and then we'll get started with predictions. Each one has packed a bunch of predictions into, I think, three and a half to four minutes. We should be good. Neil Cox is with us. He's the founder of the global tech marketing agency, TPL Digital, and chief executive of the IoT Business Council. Welcome to Neil. Maggie Goralska is with us. She is a director at SAP, and both of them are sponsors of the series that inspired today's show, The Power of Partnerships. Morton Babakani is with us. He is the CEO and founder of Brand Monks. Nice name for a company. Robert Geppert is with us, chief customer officer and a member of the board at Cybit GmbH. Charles Bennett is here. He is in the cloud channel development in SAP's global partner organization. Welcome, Charles. Sebastian Fick is with us, global sales director at E2Y. Hi, Sebastian, an NTT company. 
Petra Maria Heeb is there. If you're watching us on Facebook, she is actually skiing today, but she managed to come in for a warm, hot something, and she's joining us. She's a senior customer engagement executive at SAP. Edwin Van Royen is here. He's the CEO of a digital well-being business called T-Cup, as in T-Cup. And Alex Brayshaw rounds out our panel today. He's a senior strategic marketer. So excited to have you all here, Neil Cox. Let's kick off this party. We're all waiting and eager. You get the first set of predictions. So I'm putting you on speaker view. Neil Cox, you're up. Charm us, enlighten us, educate us, inspire us. No pressure, Neil. Go ahead. No pressure indeed. Welcome and uh, thank you very much. Um, well, where do we start? You know, and, uh, for me, I think, um, I think for all of us, I think 2021, I think we're going to see the dark clouds receding folks and the springs coming and um, hence my image today you know I think we need brightening up I can see the sunlight dancing on their edges you know to illuminate our world again and I think there's so many new positive things happening all around us particularly uh, how innovation I'm going to bring it back to technology Um, I see that changing everything for us and how we as human beings are leveraging that technology and innovating particularly around cloud-based platforms so I want to do a couple of predictions, um, one for our home life and how it's impacting us there, and also the business area. So if I may, um, mm-hmm. so I was looking at a few things and, and I was listening to the radio actually uh, recently and um, uh, the whole sequence was about how certain industries are re-engineering their whole sort of experience um, and using cloud platforms to do that. So uh, this one is touches on both work and how we live, and that's virtual romance, and that's <laughs> taken us from the whole meeting people to virtual weddings, and how that's completely transforming. And I see that my prediction is that's become much more normal this year. Um, so we see, obviously, um, has, has anyone heard of Zoomancing? <laughs> so, no. <laughs> okay. Now we uh, have. I told you to educate us, Neil. Yeah, indeed, exactly indeed. what you're doing. Uh, and there's uh, things like slow dating, hard boiling, where people don't have time. So there's all these new terms coming out for sort of virtual dating um, and new dawn daters, apparently. So and the story it was a great story doing the rounds about um, uh, as a chap um, in Australia uh, and he got to know a lady in the UK in July and their romance blossomed virtually you know, on Zoom. Um, and he got a special exemption to travel, I think it was like 10,000 miles to the UK to actually, and now, they're now living together. And all that was done, you know, virtually. That's how they got to know each other. Um, and uh, the story then, and I sort of picked this up online and then looked at it into it a bit more, was how the whole, that whole segment, if you like, that impacts personal and, you know, to organize a wedding, you know, if you want to get married now, it's difficult. So that whole industry has re-engineered itself to go virtual from looking at wedding dresses to the groom suits to the whole the whole organization um, to the point um, where you can pretty much do the whole experience, even virtual weddings on Zoom now. So that for me is how humans are leveraging and adapting their models and how they do things at home and business. And all that involves partnerships, because weddings, as you know, involves a lot of organization mm-hmm. and a lot of different partnerships between the venues and the services and the whole that whole process. So I thought it was quite cool and that the way it's sort of 
done from the from dating to meeting you can do everything virtually you know and you couldn't have done that 10 years ago so i predict that's going to become more if you like normal the new era um and then i think um 2020 you know we all saw how it transformed working at home um and what i see happening now and i think it'll become more normal is integration of ai into those platforms you know to further enhance what we're doing um there's a survey out last week where 60 percent of smes i think it was 400 plus companies surveyed um are looking at how ai can improve their products or services and nearly 50% of them would implement AI technologies within the next year. So I think that for me is the other big play as to how uh, those are gonna further advance and continue to evolve our, you know, our work life. So those are my two big things. Thank you very much. Interesting where we haven't had anybody go into the personal realm quite like that on the other prediction shows, Neil. That's very novel and very interesting. I know you used to be able to see panoramic views of places like the Waldorf Astoria when you were planning a wedding many years ago, but doing the actual whole wedding virtually is certainly new. And when you're speaking, Neil, I'm thinking partnership. Isn't that the original partnership dating back to exactly. human history? Is Exactly. Yeah. You, you hook up, you get married, you make a contract, or you just decide to do something together as a partnership. I didn't say couple, as a partnership. So you've taken us back to real basics and brought us into modern times. Thank you, Neil. That was very, very interesting. Maggie Garowska, you're up next. Maggie, welcome. Nice to see you. We don't see you often enough. And you're on speaker view. Go ahead. What are your predictions? So, uh, hello everyone again. I do have uh, sort of like uh, observations mixed with predictions and again, a touch of business and a touch of uh, personal. Um, and this is how life actually blends these two areas, um, whether we like it or not, even now more than, than ever. Um, I came across a quote that I thought was superb. As COVID is all evil around the world now, in all evil, there is always some seeds of positive. So the quote is, code wrote the business case, our future is digital from nice to have to must have. And I've mm -hmm. experienced it a lot this year. Um, I also experienced how super easy it was for my colleagues at SAP, most of us, to switch from office life to home and how challenging it was for schools, universities, hairdressers, cleaners, all small business, even Hollywood and big movies producers got on hold. So that shows you that there is entire industry that simply no matter how much they like to go digital, it's harder for, for some of them. Um, and then life comes into it and just brings uh, a bit more of human touch to it. So my second prediction is that COVID really awakes more humans in us. And I love the message from the Venice Orchestra at the New Year, uh, New Year concert. It's on the 1st of January. For those of you who watch it every year, I do. It's broadcasted to over 140 countries around the globe. And this year, the musicians played to the empty hall. Imagine how hard it is to run an over an hour long concert with an empty hall and 140 countries just uh, streaming, uh, looking at, at the musicians, no applause, nothing. Um, and the, the message from the musician who played was that um, 
it is uh, in this really difficult situation, mm -hmm. it is really key to uh, protect art, such as music, as music is one of the few things that can actually get a lot of nations around the globe together and bring hope and bring better world or stimulate. And it doesn't cost that much. It's, uh, it's really coming out of being more human, out of um, being more thoughtful. So my predictions and observations also go along with these two. Uh, like we've seen drive through Christmas market. Um, you know, I live in Germany and Christmas markets are just must-haves around Christmas time. Every little town has it. And this year, no. So people went out and we saw uh, some inventions like Christmas market drive through. You order your glue vine, you order your <laughs> little things, and then there you go. Restaurant in trucks, another observation. I've seen a hairdresser drive through. I didn't <laughs> test it. <laughs> Don't know how it works, but I swear to God, there was a big um, uh, billboard out there on my way for, uh, to, to a nearby shop saying drive through hairdresser. Um, and we also, within my family, we experienced uh, around Christmas a lot of Zoom dinners together. So like mm. having toasts of wine and my, my sister lives in York in the UK, my other parts of family over in Poland. So we just spread out around the world. And usually we're very uh, family oriented people. So at Christmas time, we try to get together and this time it was uh, just a lot of learning quickly how must uh, digital uh, is our future and must have how to get the, the right applications how to get everybody ready um, set, share links etc so it was a quick learning for some uh, not for um, like myself that we do it on a daily basis at SAP so um, these are like the, the kind of like um, the human being a bit more human, slow down and also appreciate what's around us. Like we've seen um, a lot of people uh, using the local facilities um, uh, such as um, uh, sport um, areas where you can just go and, and do sports uh, instead of just flying to some nice destinations. Um, Lots of things like those, simply just uh, becoming a parent on it. On a every everyday life has changed, and it's becoming less hectic and more quality oriented in terms of appreciation. What we had so far before COVID stopped it all. Thank you, Maggie. So I think you're saying we're forming new types of partnerships, right? Partnerships with vendors, partnerships with service organizations, partnerships with families. We took everything for granted before, didn't we, Maggie? You'd go to Indeed. dinner, right? And, and Neil, you'd go to a wedding. And now it's all, I, I want to share with you that in my religion, we have high holidays in the fall, and I joined a virtual synagogue. And it's in a one of the oldest in New York, and it looks like a cathedral. And they did it all with no Nobody there except a small band, a small choir, socially distanced, masks on, magnificent music, magnificent music for days. But they had the members up on a Zoom screen lighting can I'm getting chills, lighting candles that they sent them in the holiday color all at the same time. And they showed about 50 families lighting the candles together to a prayer and talk about a partnership of technology, of community, of music, of ritual, of tradition. Everything was blended. It was it, 
it, it was I was in tears. It, it was so beautiful. Another thing to your point about about mu- uh, movies and and TV. I just started watching a, a French show about a gentleman thief, and this this show is called Lupin. L U P I N. Oh, I've seen it. And there were only five episodes and everybody's screaming, it's so good, it's so good, it's so good, where is the rest? Well, apparently they filmed 10 somewhere around or before the beginning of COVID and they're holding on to part two, which is the next five, but safely they were already produced and they're going to drop in April this year, I think. So it's interesting to see in some shows, some U.S. shows like All Rise, which is a, a courtroom show, they're wearing masks. The judges all have plastic cases in front of them they're all behind they're doing the whole covid thing and other shows like blue bloods are sitting down to dinner and i'm saying to myself how did they film those were they all isolated together in their own bubble so it's an interesting partnership of of uh, communication of entertainment of production right is what are our values and what do we convey so i'm talking too much but thank you maggie very interesting morton you are up next i can't wait go ahead morton babacani welcome (laughs) Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, Bonnie. It's a great mm-hmm. pleasure. Thank you. Um, actually, actually, I wanted to talk about trends in, in recruiting and talent acquisition, but I have changed my mind. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I would like to talk about the topic talent, but in a total different, um, different and new environment. Um, two thoughts on this. Let me start with the first one. Um, if we look um, at the development of the startup scene in Germany, um, we have seen two big impacts in the last time. So even in the deepest lockdown, we have seen a significant growth, about 11%, I guess. It was of uh, new high-tech companies, um, and I find that really, really fascinating. And I have also um, um, recently also found a new statistic of the um, chief economist of one of the Germany's leading banks called the Z-Bank. Um, um, and he calculated how digital invest will um, develop over the next 10 years. And he said from, from the year 2035, digital invest in Germany will even be higher than invest in, in machines and devices. And this will mean a complete change in Germany's economy. And, and the reason why I mentioned this is because in the last 15 years, um, a whole company or a whole new industry called the startup world um, has developed. And, and many of large companies um, have not noticed this phenomenon. And um, I realized that, that the technological basis to create a new startup is, is way broader than it ever been. And the, also the funding infrastructure has also changed significantly. And um, 20 years back, it was still for the very best talent, always the objective uh, to go to enterprises like, like Bosch or Siemens or Deutsche Bank or Mercedes or BMW. And in our days, um, in, I observed that these, guy are go- these guys are going to startup scene and becoming of part of the entities. Um, yeah, this is the first one. And um, second thought is we, we all regret in Germany the fact that we have not been part of the globally leading digital enterprise in the consumer space. And, and we have momentarily a lot of discussions about how we will catch up the digital terms in, in Germany. And this is a fact. And um, I would like to give some hope and also some confidence to people who are concerned um, about the digital future of, of this country, of Germany. 
Um, and also from, from the point of view for, uh, of a foreigner who lives here in Germany, um, in Germany is, is, is known as a country of, of thinkers, of engineers, and, 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 um, and uh, um, yeah, also poets, and with many inventions in manufacturing that change the world, like automobile, like television, like, like motorcycle. And, and the people um, stands for ideas or rituals such as perfect quality, like, or, or determination or dependence. And, and, um, and the way companies and, and its people operate in Germany, it is how they will shape the future, the digital future, and based on their culture and values. And, and that means um, we in Germany are a little bit slow in everything, in implementation of ideas, but, but we understand industrial and, and enterprise value change extremely good and maybe better than anyone in the world. And uh, we will play a major role in the industrial value chain and, and processor with a perfect quality um, with uh, with the German traditional strength and power, and this is what I observe. So let's come back to the uh, to the topic talent. We see actually much more successful um, digital dis disruptive companies in in the area of enterprise internet, and and uh, the very best talent is now going to that space. And it is attractive to be a part of the enterprise digital startup. And I see a lot of new exciting um, approaches. We see also uh, a lot of venture capital money going into this area. And if we look back in few years, um, we will see that we will really move and digitalization of industry manufacturing forward uh, with the new digital talent in the startup world. So this is my yeah, crystal ball prediction for the future. Thank you, Morton. I'm curious, what were the predictions you didn't give us? Just quickly, were they, what, was the, what were the topics? Yeah, the, top, the topics was uh, was that the the the, the startup um, are the are the key to success for enterprises. So every large company has to engage with startups and their new digital talents. And all these new technology-driven companies have one thing in common: they are fundamentally changing the business of traditional companies. And this is the this is the main point of of the discussion. Thank you. I've heard that called the elephant dancing with the mouse. Have you ever heard that term? <laughs> we, we used to have a radio show at SAP called Startup, Startup Focus with Game Changers. And that was one of the metaphors somebody told me. I spoke with a lot of tech, inter, uh, tech startups and a lot of serial entrepreneurs. And it was fascinating to see the ideas they were coming up with all over the world. One guy came up with a device. He was an Israeli gentleman. and came up with a device to measure the exact output from the tap in a, a beer in a bar so that the bar would always know how much was dispensed so they could check to see volume against because what was going in the cash register, what was going out of the tap. But I'll digress. Thank you, Morton, very much. Robert Geppert, you are up next, my friend. So go ahead. Welcome. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. It's great mm -hmm. to be back on your show. Thank you. Well, my prediction, I think it's not um, really rocket science, but I hope my explanation is still helpful. Well, I think we still um, will be in a challenging economic situation this year. Um, but challenging doesn't mean that we cannot be successful. So I want to talk um, about a little bit of a, uh, about success, being successful. Mm -hmm. And being successful, it's um, now more important than ever 
that we not only do things right, we have to do the right things. Um, and uh, what are the right things? In my role at Cybit, my responsibility together with my teams is among others in the go-to-market and the sales of the company. So um, let me uh, therefore focus on, on this area, um, how to be successful this year. Um, if we look on the go-to-market, well, we still have contact restrictions. And what did we learn in 2020? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter unless uh, we reduce our market uh, approach activities. So let's keep the number of campaigns um, or even rise it. Let's keep the number of events, do it online. But um, care about the preparation, the platform, um, the networking and discussion possibilities at the event. We know everything about uh, successful on-site events, but why is it that we seem to have forgotten all that in doing online events? Hmm. Um, online events, um, even this show, are only successful if, are, uh, if they are not set up as a second-class event. Mm. So um, my call, it's more a call than a prediction, my call is we can be successful if we, if we do the things we did in the earlier times on-site, we do it online, we do it digital, but we have to move, we have to change our mind, we have to care about all the things which are a little bit different in the digital world, mm -hmm. and then we could be successful in the go-to-market. Second, sales. Um, yes, customers invest very carefully in these days, and they decide even more consciously. Um, the phase from quotation over negotiation till the potential deal is crucial. Delivering the benefits during the whole sales cycle and being strategic for your customer is a key success factor too. So, Pay attention to the closing plans and tactics. They give you the transparency in this phase and ensures your uh, effective communication between your departments. Give management attention to the sales cycle. Sales team will appreciate it and customers too. And maybe you can make the difference to the competition. And last but not least, let me turn the future of the power of partnerships into powerful partnerships are the future. Mm. If they create win-win situations. So invest in partnerships with potential could prove to be the tip of the scales. Thank you and take care. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Uh, I read about, I hear about people saying they have Zoom fatigue and I don't and I'll tell you why. I've done business radio specifically for SAP since 2011 all on the phone. I never got to meet those people. I never got to look in their eyes. Wasn't traveling, no reason, all over the world. How am I going to get everybody together? We didn't use Zoom and COVID happened. And I thought, let's try the Zoom platform. It seemed like, I know some people say it was risky. I said, let's give it a try. Converted all my shows. I had 13 series last year in 2020. Converted them all to the Zoom platform for the first time. I get to see you. I get to look at Maggie's pretty red hair, which is a different shade of mine. I get to look at Petra in the in the uh, in the snow there. I get to look at Neil on his in his garden. I get to see Edwin in front of his teacup logo. I get to see Morton with the great lights behind him, and Alex with the question marks on the wall. And I get to see Robert with a fabulous looks like a modern painting behind him, and Charles it looks like a cabin, and Sebastian looking ready to pounce because he's ready to give his predictions. I get to see you. I get to watch you think. I get to watch you 
speak. I get to watch you emote. I get to see how you process everything. So for me, um, Robert, the digital aspect of treating radio like a first class event, which I, I hope I always do, has created magic bringing it to the digital platform. So I never get to get fatigued from Zoom because I love seeing people for the first time. You can imagine on radio, on the phone, I had to think, was Robert done? Did Petra have something else to say? Was Charles at the end of a sentence or a paragraph? Was he thinking? Was he reading notes? If I say something, am I stepping on his toes? Which you never do in comedy. You don't step on your left. You don't step on guests. Anyway, I digress. Thank you, Robert. Very, very interesting. Next to the mic, Charles Bennett. How are you, Charles? I'm putting you on speaker view. Go ahead. Fantastic. I'm good very much, Seth. It's lovely to be here um, and uh, great to meet uh, everybody on the panel today. So just tying into some of the things that you, you were saying, Bonnie, you know, over the last year, we've been turned upside down. Yep. Uh, we really didn't know what to expect last year. And actually, you could probably say the same is true for this year because we're still upside down. We're still working out that new normal. You discovered Zoom what else are we going to discover, you know, as, as we go forward? So I think, um, you know, tr trying to predict this year is, is very unpredictable mm -hmm. because, it, because it's so different. But one thing that I would say, comment on that um, I believe is not going to change, and uh, uh, Neil, Neil touched on this one, which is around people and, and relationships. You know, whatever and however we do, however we communicate, the, the core is that, people like working with people. Um, when we work with customers, we work with people. We are people working with people. It's about how people have their relationships and work with each other. So whilst uh, the technology and all these other things around us are changing, the core relationship is still required. We still need a relationship. Mm -hmm. That's how things work. So what's, of course, is changing um, is how we find, create, you know, establish, maintain those kind of relationships. And, you know, Neil gave that example of a personal or interpersonal relationship. Uh, but the same is true in business. You know, how do we create those new relationships and, and how we establish them, how we maintain them? Uh, and so the skill is about, you know, knowing how on the one side to create relationships. The other one is knowing how to leverage the technologies that are available to us to do so. So, of course, you know, um, thinking about, uh, you know, the impact of COVID-19 that we can see, of course, and you've all, all mentioned aspects of it, which is the, the sheer acceleration of digital. So, of course, that's one thing I, I don't expect us to see any slowdown. Mm -hmm. um, other people are talking about the, the impact of machine learning and artificial, artificial intelligence. I, I, I agree. I think we're going to see so much more innovation that is truly helpful to us in our personal lives or as businesses that leverage machine learning and, and AI. And, of course, virtual is a standard way of working. You know, that being said, um, you know, bringing it back to the thing ar around relationships, what I noticed, for example, with my 29-year-old son and some other colleagues is that they, they really miss the interaction of the mm. workplace. Yes. So despite, you know, being of a generation and so on that is very comfortable with all these technology, technology tools and he works for a technology company, um, he still misses. And I think this is, this is a common thing. So I, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, home working working virtually is a standard. Home working, working virtually will be a standard. But we all like 
to interact. So I was just wondering, and this is sort of my, my prediction then, is whether we're not going to see the creation of technology-enabled shared workspaces, which might include physical mm. shared workspaces. Um, so, you know, companies like Regis and MySpace and these guys have been around for some time catering to businesses. But I'm just wondering if there's going to be like that coffee shop in the village that we all go to. We may not um, work for the same business or the same company. We may work for different companies, but we create a shared workspace. Hmm. Whereas colleagues, we're leveraging that ability to work virtually, but also have the company and the interaction with other people. Absolutely fascinating. What an interesting idea. Is this being done? Would it be a Zoom platform where… where my prediction. I, you heard it here first. What do you th- well, we did, Charles. <laughs> would you imagine that you and I and, let's say, two or three other people on this panel, we'd all be sitting here in our offices working and talking at the same time and taking phone calls and, and, and uh, typing up reports or whatever we're doing and, and inputting things into our spreadsheets or whatever we're using. Would you imagine that we would be doing it? Uh, Nula tells me that shared space spaces are emerging in Ireland already. Very interesting. So Charles, how would you, just give me a quick idea. What would it look like? What I said, four people on Zoom all in their offices, minding their own business, but saying hi once in a while? But I think there's the virtual aspect of it, but there's also the physical. So for example, I do live uh, in a small village and I can just imagine there being the coffee shop, which becomes actually a shared workspace. So you've got both uh, the the um, got the interaction with colleagues, which may be maybe genuinely virtual, like on Zoom, or actually bumping into them at the coffee machine and having a chat, which is what we miss. Yes, uh, you know, do. from 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 the work environment. Thank you very much. Very interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. Sebastian Fick, you're up next. Sebastian, ready to go? I'm putting you on speaker. Go ahead, Sebastian. Welcome. Yeah, I think. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm actually checking in from my co-working space in uh, Barcelona, where I share an office space with uh, seven other companies, and I have zero people from my own company right here, right now. So it's happening already. Uh, We've been here for the past two years. Um, Looking back at 2020, uh, uh, I think I would like to start with a little quote uh, from uh, the famous philosopher Mike Tyson. So he says... (laughs) Everyone has a plan until they get, get punched in the face. <laughs> and essentially, I think that's pretty much saying for, for 2020 that we all had a plan. We were all talking about growth targets. Uh, we were hearing bits and pieces back in January about what is happening in the world and coming in from China and Wuhan and all that stuff. And then it started, I mean, from my own personal point of view, it started when Mobile World Congress con- got canceled in Barcelona and then the whole wave just ran in over Europe and yeah, the rest is history. I think there are two main things that, uh, that people and companies need to, uh, to do. Um, we need to obviously <laughs> review the plan after getting punched in the face. Um, I think it's really important to keep the core of the old plan uh, alive and making that survive. And as uh, Robert was uh, alluding to, it's really important to keep the focus on your customer engagements, ensuring that all of that is still running. But obviously, your new adapted plan needs to deal with the right now reality. Because if we deal with the reality of last year, we're going to have some really nasty surprises. I think the positive is that change means opportunity. So when you grasp change, you have a lot of opportunities If you don't grasp change at all, you're going to have a lot of challenges. 
And we can see things like, if we look back and look at statistics from 2019, there was a 14.1% share of global retail that was online already. That was expected to grow to 22% in 2023, so two percentage points year and year. I actually think we already hit 22% last year. Um, so when the numbers come out, we can look up and, on statista.com and other places, but when they come out, I'm pretty sure we'll be somewhere in the 20 to 22% range already. And what I really believe that companies have to do right the hell now, if they didn't do it already, is they need to ensure that they get digital profiles in into management positions in their business. They need to get digital profiles into their boards right here, right now, and they need to start adapting to this journey after getting punched in the face. And finally, when I look into the crystal ball, not just of, of the near future, but I look a little bit further, so call it 2025, 2030, I think one of the biggest changes that will actually happen is like the smartphone is only a little bit more than 10 years old. I think when we look 10 years from now, we will all of a sudden see a lot of people having technical implants. So I'm not saying we're going to be full on cyborgs, but I'm pretty sure we will start to have little microcomputers. We will have wearables, all the wearable technology. I believe that will actually go inside our bodies over the next 10 years. And I mean, that is a, a change in my opinion, but I also believe it brings a lot of opportunity and it will bring some really, really interesting debates. Very, very interesting, Sebastian. I'm thinking of the vaccines we're trying to get into people's arms right now. And if you had that implant, I'm wondering if there could be a, a digital infusion of a vaccine, or maybe we would be immune to those types of physical diseases. That's a whole medical topic in its own on its own. Thank you, Sebastian. Very interesting. Petra Maria, you're up. Welcome, and we're ready for you. Go ahead. Thank you very much. So my prediction when it comes to partnerships are the follows. Um, basically, it's so clear that to, to have to understand and find the right fitting solution so that our par partners can achieve um, their goals and also support their customers best and so that we can support here also with the intelligence enterprise expertise that we have. But I go even further. So it's not to have only the right digital elements, but also to support the partners with their challenges internally. And uh, here also like what you have been mentioning, Charles, about relationship and people and also more than culture, about culture and values. So to support the past, the, the partners, like giving them elements for mental recharge. So we are all facing difficulties now with this um, COVID situation. I would also say the, the VUCA world that is around us. And how can we support their workforce with our best practices as we are all impacted by COVID? We are all sitting in the same boat around the globe. And nevertheless, to be, to be able to understand the partner, the customers, also their challenges, we also have to strengthen our own self-awareness and also our own mental capabilities to be also more able to yeah, listen to others. And now you can also ask yourself now, in which quality are you attentive to others? In which quality do you listen to your partners, to your kids at home, to your friends, to your co-workers? And where do you make the difference for them? Is it only the perfect software? Is it only the perfect solution? 
And also here comes emotional intelligence into the place. Only those ones who know without any words of the customers what are their pain points, those will be the game changers for 2021 and even beyond. So it's not about the what, but about the how. How do we behave? How empathetic are we to others? How do we show up interacting with them in a completely different way? Um, and why we also show up as compassionate and vulnerable leaders instead of the perfect rational ones just wanting to meet our kpis so this will be the game changes when it comes to the quality and sustainability of partnerships reciting from big data to deep data in these days and instead of uh, responding to life's provocations with anger or regret to choose actively to focus on positive action and ask yourself what could be of service to the others around you in this very moment. So Petra, that, that I feel like you were reading poetry. Is everybody just completely, <laughs> Charles, yes? Everybody's just <laughs> nodding completely calm. You just took all the, it's, it's still an exciting show, but you just, Maggie, same thing. You just feel that, Petra, there's something about the way you delivered that. It was the message, the medium of your delivery was your message. That's lovely. And, and you mentioned the word vulnerable and compassion and empathy. Can you imagine having those in a business conversation? Yes, we're hiring people who are willing to be vulnerable and compassionate and yes, and understand. It, it's a whole new paradigm of who you want to have working for you and with you and the partnerships you want. Thank you very much, Petra. That was, was beautiful. <laughs> I wanted to put music on while you were talking. <laughs> I did, but we have to move on. Edwin Van Royen. Thank you, Petra. Edwin, you are up next, my friend, go ahead. You're on speaker you. view, Edward. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. And yeah, lovely listening to all of you. Um, and yeah, that was amazing, Petra. And sort of really <laughs> pleased I'm I'm following that because in a, in a way, um, my prediction is around you know all partnerships is around people, um, and and humans. And and one of my predictions um, is a little bit of fear looking at what's happening at the moment on the basis that um, so you know bringing down the um, Less zoomancing, you know, uh, from, from Neil's perspective, but just more, if we look at what's happened in 2020 and how much wealth has been stripped out of organizations and what happens and the knock-on impact on that and, and partnerships is one of my, one of my fears um, and predictions is that whilst mental health and well-being and looking after people is more talked about than ever, it's more written, um, you know, about than ever, the, the reality is I'm not quite sure organizations because we are in this world where we are a little bit in survival mode is really following through on that. Mm -hmm. And as Petra said, you know, maybe go and hire people who are compassionate, who listen, because there are a lot of people out there who do go through a lot of pain, you know, not just because of the obvious illness, but knock on impact through economies. And my, my concern is um, that, you know, if organizations aren't investing and, and my prediction is they will invest less, not more because, investing perhaps in well-being is sometimes like some organizations have a view on marketing you know we'll do it when we have lots of money but maybe when budgets are tough maybe we should focus on those direct kpis that's gonna that's gonna bring in more money and um 
And then we often have this quote um, in, in our company, we spoke to Peter organizations about Gary Player, the golfer, mm-hmm. where he's got the quote, you know, the harder, um, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And I think organizations often have this, this take on that, that, you know, if we work hard and we're all working hard, but if we work a little bit harder, then, you know, we'll win more business. And that translates through to, to people. When you look at Gary Player, actually, he didn't practice golf any harder than some of his peers. He worked hard at his well-being. You know, he looked at what he ate. He looked at relationships. He had a really quite a holistic view um, in terms of how he, he, he was driving his own human performance. Um, and that is really what, you know, business leaders need to do. So my fear is organizations are going to invest less in the human side of things and look more at AI, look more at technology. How can we be more efficient? How can we get, um, you know, our people to work smarter? Um, and my hope and my challenge and my mission is to get them to, to uh, invest in people. And as Petra said, slow down, you know, have a chat, really have empathy, uh, speak to one another to understand um, we're not robots, you know, we are humans. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's really my hope for 2021. Thank you. Very, very interesting. Would you say that then there might be an art and a science to the partnership of humans, Edwin? Humans and AI and robots and different types of automation that a company needs to balance the humanity of the mix? What do you, I'm going to put you back on speaker view. I'd just like to hear a little bit more. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I think technology, AI, and all those things have got a huge part to play. And I think it's amazing to hear things like um, Zoomancing and how technology can have I personally would probably never need a drive-through hairdresser. Um, you know, I think I'm past that point. But there's no doubt, there's no doubt that technology has, has a massive part to play in all of this. I just hope business leaders don't forget the human element of that because I think ultimately that is what will get the best out of that technology um, and, you know, and use tech for good, you know, not, not to monitor you, we see a lot of AI at the moment uh, talk about monitoring and watching people and what they're doing. Now, that's great if we're going to try use that to make people more efficient and take the burden off them. But not great if we're going to use that as a stick. So I think there's an absolute place where there's harmony, where technology, human, mm-hmm. and all of those things come together. Um, but, you know, I, I, we see this in countries. I, I grew up in South Africa, which was stricken with poverty in a way, you know, massive unemployment. And in that world, there's, you know, it's maybe it's, it's in the South African sense, in the Kalahari or, or Safari, you know, you eat what you kill. You know, there's a mentality and people almost go back to a primitive. We just have to survive. Um, and a lot of the lot of tools that you have get used to survival. Um, and, you know, that's my fear. Over time, if you look at those economies, those countries, they don't move forward. You know, they, they gradually are in decline. And, and that's what we need to overcome here. Thank you. A lot of hope in that statement. And Alex Brayshaw, you have actually plenty of time. We've got nine minutes left to the end of the show. So Alex, take your time. And I think we'll have time to go around the table and find out what everybody's favorite drink was over the holidays. So you can all start thinking about that. Alex, welcome. And thank you for going last. I appreciate that. Go ahead, Alex. (laughs) Thanks, Bonnie. It's great to talk to you again. And how do I follow all of that? I mean, that's what a great panel of experts. It's great to hear all of those things. Listening to what Edwin just said, I've um, I've got three really quick fire predictions and then I was going to go sort of deep dive into one other. Yeah. Um, sort of a bit of a something I'm really interested in. Um, and the three quick fire ones touched on what Edwin says. I think we will see, and it's not just this year, but I think in the forthcoming years, but I think we'll see technology innovation with a conscience. 
Well, I think societal improvement is the biggest driver rather than just commercial success. And I think that has to bring people together to work out what those goals need to be. So I think for me, that's my one quick one. Number two, I think we're going to hear a lot about things called CubeSats this year. So tiny little satellites that we're sending into space in their thousands. Uh, and you're going to hear from Elon Musk, you're going to hear from Amazon, you're going to hear from Google. Um, lots of partnerships involved in sending stuff into space, but done in a very different way. And I think there is hopefully some human benefit to all of it. Uh, there's slight con contention around what, what we might do with it, but I think there's some, some good out there as well. And then my third sort of quick prediction, um, virtualized, personalized healthcare provision is going to mm. develop at pace. It's been driven, um, it was in development in the last few years. COVID has pushed it even further, but I think we're going to see that move much quicker. I think we're going to see more startups. I think we're going to see a lot more uh, development uh, and innovation around the technology of healthcare provision. And then I was going to come to my final one, which is um, I wanted to talk about 5G and don't, don't all roll your eyes when you say, oh, no, not 5G, um, which has been talked about for the last few years. But I think now's a good point to talk about it in a bit more of a constructive way. I think mm -hmm. we're probably of what I think is probably a 15 year development cycle. We're probably five years into it, I think. Um, and I don't think this year is about sudden revelation and all these changes that are going to land, land with us on, on 5G. But um, I think what we'll see um, we'll probably see device manufacturers talking about 5G because it shifts device sales, which is good for them. But 5G itself is about industry, it's about manufacturing, it's about public services, it's about healthcare and entertainment. And that's where the innovation is. And actually, that's where the partnerships really kind of come into fruition. So I think 2021, my prediction is that we're going to see the foundations of those partnerships being developed in those industries. So you think about telecoms and you kind of go through all of the cycles of telecoms. It is kind of driven by partnerships by its nature because it's infrastructure, it's kind of hardware, and it's always been about sort of global partnerships. But actually, as each G has developed, as we've gone through two, three, four, and now 5G, it's become more and more complex. And actually, it's driven massively by software now, as well as the hardware that it sits on. But the software is the core of it. And that's why we're seeing the likes of Google and Amazon and Microsoft all starting to talk about their telecom strategies. And even SAP and a lot of the other big uh, software players talking about 5G and how they're going to layer things into onto the 5G um, infrastructure. So notwithstanding the fact there's this huge opportunity and there's kind of all sorts of sources that say um, anything up to 13 trillion dollars uh, is the opportunity around 5g which is kind of mind-blowing mm -hmm. um, so there's kind of all these new partnerships and all these emerging players coming and sort of coming amongst it and then if you look at the traditional 5g infrastructure players you've got your nokia your samsung's huawei they're all massively competitive but they've got to work together as well with government regulators to try and set standards so it's kind of the most complex set of partnerships that kind of ever happens. So that's the kind of um, the build of 5G. But where it get in, gets interesting, which I think is this year, as, as people start to work within industries. So if you think about manufacturing, manufacturers are having to think about smart factories and the supply chains, the partnerships to build those, um, what are they going to produce? Is it, is it automotive? Is it automotive with software-enabled cars? What is it all going to be? And how do you build that whole supply chain right through to the kind of point of sale with customer around these new uh, kind of smart factories and you know, all of the platforms and technologies that are involved in that? 
And if you take that slightly further, um, we're thinking about new businesses and new business models. And it was, it's interesting what Morton said about where the startups are going to come. Where are people going to develop their new skills and um, where are kind of graduates going to go and find their new, new, new places to work? Well, I think it's, it's going to be in these businesses we just don't know anything about yet because they haven't worked out what the business is. We don't even know what the business models are. We know there's this thing called 5G that's going to give us this huge enabled technology but what are we going to do with it? So if you kind of take it to automotive, many say that we're not going to be driving to offices. We're not going to be using cars in the way that we do currently. So if we're not going to be driving in the traditional sense, what are we going to be doing in our vehicles? What are we going to be doing in transport systems? So there are companies starting up all over thinking about entertainment within cars, thinking about workplaces within cars. If we're not driving, how can we use that environment differently? Um, and I think that's kind of really fascinating for me. Thank and you. then I think the, the, Go ahead. the final fin- area... The, yes, finish. The Go final ahead. area for me is, is around public safety. And I think 5G um, has an incredible impact on how we deal with incidents and disasters and how technology will connect responders and healthcare providers and emergency services and how we bring all those together in, in kind of in an instant um, around these protected 5G networks. So I guess summation for me, 5G will lead to incredible innovation which we'll probably start to see over the next seven to 10 years. But I think 2021 is the partnership where foundations will be laid to make it all happen. Wonderful. Thank you. Great final prediction. We appreciate that, Alex. Let's go around that. And I'm sorry to interrupt you. I thought you were done. Let's go around the table quickly. What did you all have to drink? Favorite drink over the holiday, whether it was Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrated, anything special. I know we couldn't wait to get rid of 2020. So I think mine was eggnog watered down with something or a little white wine. I don't know. It was late night. Okay. Neil Cox, what were you drinking? Neil? Oh, still a mute. Okay. Uh, yes, yes, for me, large gin and tonic, but now there's a whole array of new flavors for the tonic, so I was experimenting with those. Thank you. I hope that was a nice, happy experimentation. <laughs> Maggie Goralska, what was in your cup, your stein, your goblet, your flute? What were you drinking? I have to blame um, COVID and the whole situation for developing a taste for champagne and all these <laughs> dinners with my family and having one toast after another for this and for that and another reason to get together. So uh, champagne it is. Champagne, love for champagne. Morton Babacani, what was in your cup? Yeah, m- my favorite drink is, is actually also a London dry gin, but a special one. I'm a f- real big fan of Martin Miller's gin. It's from England, but with the ice uh, land spring water. So everybody should try this. Thank you. We <laughs> just got a good recipe. Robert Geppert, drink. Definitely red wine with pleasure heavy. Okay. <laughs> How about Char- Charles Bennett? The drink of choice at the moment is Prosecco. Lovely oh, uh, Italian nice. Prosecco, nice and light, lovely. Sebastian Fick. I mean, I'm in Spain, so I'm, I'm also going to go with red, red wine. It makes me feel so fine. It keeps me there you all go. the time. All right, <laughs> Petra Maria Heeb, what are you drinking? 365 ml, being grateful for the little wonders around me, adding a shot of compassion and smile. Oh, nice. We got a poet here, Edwin Van Royen. What was in your cup? Uh, well, I was five days before my one year no beer, so I was just drinking a cup of tea and um, wow. know, maybe some iced tea. Yeah, there so, you yeah. go. And Alex Brayshaw, yeah. what was in your cup? Real fast. Veet, veet. A classic Negroni. Oh, a 
Okay, good. Thank you. I want to thank all of you and a shout out to the sponsors of the series in 2020. And the series has renewed for more episodes in 2021. I'm thrilled to Power Partnership. So thank you to Neil Cox. Thank you to Nula Spooner. Thank you to Maggie Goralska. And thank you to all our wonderful panelists today. And my closing message is if you think somebody says to you, oh, the future's already here, you tell them, no, 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 that was yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened yet. And we're all going to work really hard this year to make it a heck of a better one. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. 